Hi, I'm Wendy Zuckerman, and this is Science Versus from Gimlet Media. The show that pits facts against fussy eaters. Today, we're asking, should you go vegan? Vegans are like souped-up vegetarians. They go beyond not eating meat. They also say no to dairy products and eggs. Nothing that comes from an animal. And going vegan is becoming more and more mainstream. Big companies are advertising vegan specials. Even KFC has been testing out some vegan options. Yeah, Kentucky Fried Chickpeas. Chickpeas? But this diet is super polarising. People have very strong opinions about whether veganism is a holy grail for your health or just a sanctimonious diet that will make you weak. Even around our office at Gimlet, we sent our producer Rose Rimler to find out what's ruffling everyone's feathers. So what do you think about going vegan? You need some meat. I think meat is bad for the planet. I don't think it's crazy to be like, do you need to eat meat? I mean, I think humans evolved to eat meat. Like, we ate a lot of meat. We've always eaten meat. I fucking hate vegans. What if they were quietly vegan? Quietly vegan? What's a quiet vegan? They expect my bones to turn to dust or something bad to happen, but no, I'm still walking around. To be a vegan is to suffer. Many of us have been told our whole life that we need milk and meat to be strong and healthy. So can vegans just give up this stuff and still be okay? Today, we're going to dive into the following questions. One, is going vegan better for the environment? Two, do you need milk for strong bones? And three, if you don't eat any meat at all, is it bad for you? When it comes to veganism, there's lots of Kentucky Fried tofu. But then... There's science. Science versus Vegans, coming up after the break. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Hey y'all, Marce Martin here with a little Tampax story. One time I went on vacation in the Bahamas with some friends, and of course I got my period. I didn't want anything to stop me from living my best life on my trip. So I was like, why not be brave and try Tampax? Before that, I really just thought tampons were for adults, and I definitely thought they'd be uncomfortable. Guess what, y'all? They really aren't. It might take a few tries, but once it's in right, you shouldn't feel it, which is great. For a better way to period, just add Tampax. This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. Welcome back. Today, we're looking at vegans to find out if they are, in fact, 
better than the rest of us. Because some vegans say that this diet is really great for the environment. So we called up a bunch of researchers, including Joseph Poor at the University of Oxford, and we asked, what is better for the environment? Like eating eating meat or going vegan? I mean, that's an extremely straightforward question for me. Uh, avoiding meat and dairy products delivers tremendous benefits for the global environment across all indicators. Joseph just published this huge study comparing how farming different kinds of foods affect the environment. And he found that while not all vegan foods are created equal, a vegan diet generally takes up less land, uses less water, and even produces less greenhouse gases than a diet that includes meat. A lot of scientists we spoke to have found the same thing. So yeah, going vegan is good for the health of the planet. But in this episode, we're focusing on how cutting out dairy and meat affects our health, yours and mine. Let's start with dairy. Most of us have been told our whole lives that we need dairy to build strong bones. In the 90s, the Got Milk campaign was everywhere. Got Milk. Even the Powerpuff Girls got on board with ads showing villains stealing their strawberry milk. But why the strawberry milk fuzzy? Why? Because I need the calcium for strong bones! But is this true? Well, the whole idea that milk is good for your bones is pretty much based on this. So our bodies need calcium to function. It helps muscles and nerves to work properly. But if we don't get enough calcium from our diet, our bodies will pull it from our bones. And when this happens, it's believed that our bones get weaker, which can lead them to break more. So for a long time, it was just assumed that since milk is rich in calcium, the more milk you drink, the stronger your bones will be. Research is coming out though, particularly in adults, that's fracturing this idea. It's suggesting that perhaps the link between strong bones and guzzling milk isn't as straightforward as we've been told. In fact, some researchers are calling this not science, but... The dogma. The dogma of dairy. This is Connie Hilliard, a professor at the University of North Texas. I think the basic dogma is that dairy is good for everybody. And Connie is one researcher that's questioning this dogma. And the thing that made her sceptical was something she noticed when she was doing research in West Africa. She knew that people there typically didn't eat much dairy. And yet, instead of having weak bones, they actually had very low rates of osteoporosis. The rate of osteoporosis is oh, just 0.something-something percent. <laughs> It was so minimal that, you know, interestingly, some doctors had never even seen it. And to Connie, this didn't make sense, because if we need milk to make our bones strong, then how can people who don't drink very much milk have strong bones? Then I thought, well, wow, I, I just have to keep digging and digging and digging. Connie pulled together data on how much dairy people ate in 40 countries around the world. And then she compared it to how many people in those countries broke their hips. Here's what she found. This wasn't just a West Africa thing. Worldwide, people in countries that drank less milk, they didn't have more broken bones. 
In fact, what I found was that it was a pattern all over the world. Connie told our producer Rose Rimler about it. It was just, you know, kind of staring me in the face. That's so crazy. It's so counterintuitive. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I, I just, I found that so bizarre. And it's not just Connie's work that's finding this. Other studies have looked at people within the same country and compared those who drank a lot of milk with those who didn't. And although there are some exceptions, overwhelmingly, these studies don't find a link between downing milk and strong bones. Yeah, that's exactly it. And here's why milk might not be the holy grail that we were promised. Some scientists now believe that our bodies might not need as much calcium as we previously thought, which means that we might not need to load up our diets with milk to get our calcium fix. We may be able to get our calcium from other places. Connie says, think about countries that don't get much dairy. How do other populations get calcium? And it is primarily from vegetables. Broccoli, kale, and bok choy, they're all packed with calcium. And you can get calcium from lots of fortified foods, like some orange juices and cereals. And so while vegans are at risk of getting less calcium, studies have found that if they load up on veggies and those other foods, their bones are just as strong as the rest of us. So why do we think that we absolutely need milk for strong and healthy bones? Well, it is true that milk has lots of calcium, and it looks like kids especially need calcium for their bones. So if you're not into counting kale leaves or binging on broccoli, drinking milk is an easy way to get your fix. There is something else going on here too. So remember Fuzzy. But why the strawberry milk fuzzy? Why? Because I get my funding from the dairy industry. Yeah, because for decades, the dairy industry, with help from the Department of Agriculture, has been making ads telling us that we need milk for strong bones. They've poured millions of dollars into advertising, spending about $200 million in 2015 alone. Got milk, milk. And this advertising money from Big Dairy, it sneaks into all sorts of unexpected places. Like, even this ad. Only Pizza Hut's new menu gives you your cheese pizza covered in cheese. A triple cheese covered stuffed crust pizza. And this industry money, it's curdling the research too. Here's how Connie sees it. You know, dairy is a political issue. And it's an economic issue. It's very difficult to get authentic research. Yeah, we found some big review papers spouting the benefits of milk, and they were funded by the dairy industry. Conclusion. Despite all these ads telling us that we need milk for strong bones, you can have healthy bones without dairy, if you're careful. Vegans can gorge themselves on kale and broccoli. So, that's dairy. So far, vegans are in the clear. But after the break... (coughs) Meat. Are you putting yourself at risk by eating no meat at all? We're going back in time to help answer this question. Vacation alert from the three-row Jeep Grand Cherokee L. Mama and Papa want to go hiking. 
Los abuelos want to relax at the beach. And the kids want to go to the amusement park. With seating for up to seven, you and your loved ones can enjoy all these adventures and more. Jeep, there's only one. Visit jeep.com to learn more. Jeep is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. We just found out that you don't need milk for strong bones. You can get your calcium from veggies. Now, we're going to look at the worst offence in the vegan code. Eating meat. If you don't eat any meat, ever, are you missing out on more than a lovely steak? Like, is it bad for your health? And to answer this question, we're going back in time to find out what our ancestors were eating. And this is a big part of the debate surrounding vegans, with some claiming that we evolved to be plant eaters and others saying the opposite, that we've been eating meat for millions of years. So, who's right? To get some answers, we knew just who to ask. I just am completely crazy for studying monkeys and apes. I really am. That's Katie Milton, an anthropologist at the University of California at Berkeley. And for decades, Katie has been studying the diets of primates out in the field in the tropics of Central and South America. She started out chasing monkeys in the forests of Panama. And the monkeys are just going through the trees, so they're just whizzing along and you don't know where they are. So I hired a young man to run like a deer after the monkeys, and I'd plod along behind. And once she caught up with these monkeys, she watched and wrote down what they were eating. And Katie was actually one of the first scientists to document what certain species were eating in a really careful way. And the monkeys she saw in Panama relied pretty much on fruits and leaves for food. And this is true for a lot of primates. While they might pick off a lizard or two, for the most part, they eat like vegans. And because we humans branched off the same evolutionary tree... That means our ancestors were basically vegan too. We know that we're related to chimpanzees, gorillas, and orangutans, and we, and we know that they are almost totally plant-based diet animals. So, none of this back then. We were eating wild food, wild plants. And you can see the hallmarks of our basically vegan diets in our bodies today. It's a bit of a funny thing, but we have these colons that are sort of bumpy, whereas animals that come from a long line of carnivores, their colons are much smoother. So I guess that means vegans are right. We are naturally plant eaters. No, no, no. No, no, no. Enough of this monkey business. Okay. So, while we started out as basically vegans, Katie told us that we started munching on tasty animals a long time ago. There's no denying the fact that humans definitely turn to eating some meat um, routinely. When did humans or our ancestors start eating meat? 
around two million years ago. Whoa! That means that we were eating meat before we were even Homo sapiens. And we know this because we've found fossilised animal bones that have obviously been cut up for a meal that are about two and a half million years old. It's not clear why we developed a taste for meat all those years ago, but one of the leading ideas is that the environment where our ancestors were living changed, and so they started running out of plants to eat and had to look elsewhere for food. We weren't in the tropical forest anymore, and we were in areas where there are huge herds of animals. And so we began to think, hmm, maybe if I could get some of these huge herds of animals, if I could get one here and there, that would be a useful thing to do. And a lot of anthropologists, including Katie, think that meat-eating meant huge changes for us, particularly for our brains. I mean, how important was the fact that we ate meat in our evolutionary past? Like, how important was that? It was the key to success. It was the key to success. Many human beings are the same size as chimpanzees, and yet a human's brain is three to four times as large as the brain of a chimpanzee. And a chimpanzee is the smartest of all of the uh, primates other than humans. And so the idea is that eating more and more meat helped us get this big brain. Because after we started eating meat regularly, we gradually started doing more sophisticated things, like controlling fire, setting up societies, developing language, and even making art. That's right. After we started eating meat, we became the brilliant innovators that we are today. Cheese pizza covered in cheese. A triple cheese covered stuffed crust pizza. So, how could meat have changed our brains? Well, this is debated by scientists, but Katie offered us one idea. She says, imagine you're hungry and you want something big and tasty to eat. Like... Elephants. Really? Elephants? Yes. Yes, sir. Okay, you don't have the body of a great predator. You don't have sharp claws or teeth. So you have to figure out a different way to get that elephant. You need to make tools, like axes and spears. And you probably need to get a team of hunters together. It's the plan of of how to go out and capture the stuff that does the trick. It's the forethought that you have to go through before you get your hands on the meat. Over time, Katie reckons we got smarter and smarter, and then we could catch more and bigger animals. Some scientists also think that the nutrition in meat was important for us because it helped fuel our big brains. Without a time machine, though, to go back a couple of million years and track how humans evolved, we'll never really know how important meat was for our development. But, I mean, gorillas aren't running the world. Conclusion. We come from a long line of plant eaters. But for a couple of million years, we've been eating animals. And Homo sapiens, you and me, we've always eaten some meat. And that leads us to our last question for today. If for millions of years we've been eating meat, are there any risks to just cutting yourself off? Cold tofurkey? To find out, we spoke to Roman Pavlak at East Carolina University. And Roman is originally from Poland. He grew up on a farm there. 
Uh, I was actually raised on pretty much everything that moved. <laughs> My family had uh, pigs and uh, and chickens and other animals, and we used to kill them and eat them. Today, Roman is an associate professor of nutrition science, and he spends a lot of time thinking about how what we eat influences our health. And Roman says there are some myths about vegans, like because they don't eat meat, they can't get enough protein. Not true. They can get protein from lots of foods, whole grains, nuts and beans. But Roman says there are crucial things that vegans are missing out on. And if you don't get enough, it can be really serious. One of them is vitamin B12. So where do people typically get vitamin B12 from? Beef, pork, lamb and uh, goat and also horse meat. If you say nay to horse meat, you can also find B12 in poultry, fish, dairy, and eggs. By now, you've probably noticed there's no veggies on the list. So if you have a salad, there is zero vitamin B12 in it, okay? As a result, studies have found that vitamin B12 deficiencies plague vegans as well as vegetarians. And Roman says that if you're living off fruits and veggies alone, eventually... This will catch up with you. It's not really, in my opinion, the matter of if, but rather when. And this is a problem because B12 is really important, particularly for your brain. Neurons are surrounded in this protective coating, and B12 helps keep that coating healthy. Now, when you're low on vitamin B12, people get all kinds of symptoms, starting with feeling really tired or getting depressed, having mood swings, and even feeling tingling sensations in your arms and legs. And if it gets really bad... You may have hallucinations, you may hear voices. Oh my gosh. Like, we found this one report from 2013 of a vegetarian woman from Switzerland who was found wandering the streets confused and incoherent. Her diagnosis? B12 deficiency. She recovered and got on with her life after a few B12 shots. And there were other case reports like this. Conclusion. The meat eaters are right. You can't be healthy on a vegan diet. Well is a very easy fix. You just go, you can go to Walmart super, super Center and you can buy a vitamin B12 supplement and take it. Yeah, Roman says you can stay healthy using supplements. And he says vegans should also keep an eye on a few other nutrients, like iron and omega-3s, which are harder to get from fruits and vegetables than meat. So, vegan diets will be short on some nutrients, like vitamin B12, But for many vegans, supplements work and they can be totally fine. Actually, vegans might even be better than fine. Researchers in the US have been tracking this large group of vegans, also called a smug of vegans, since the early 2000s. And they compared their health to other people who made healthy lifestyle choices, like avoiding smoking or alcohol. And by the way, this study is huge. It includes thousands of people, over 96,000 people. And what has it found? Well, the vegans were less likely to develop diabetes, high blood pressure or obesity. Fewer vegans are obese or overweight, you see? So this is just an illustration of the health advantages of being a, a vegan. Wow. So when you're talking about your health, on average, it really is better to go vegan. Yes, exactly. 
Scientists don't really know why veganism seems to have these health benefits. They say it could be something harmful in meat or milk or something especially beneficial in veggies. For now, we just don't know. So Roman reads this research day in and day out. And guess what? He's vegan. No more eating animals on the family farm. I decided that I want to be a vegan. And my mom was terrified. She, she told me that uh, I am going to walk on the street one day. I'm going to die. <laughs> Things of that nature, you know? So Roman is still alive and kicking. And when it comes to the rest of the vegans, how does all this stack up? One, is going vegan better for the environment? Yes, yes it is. Two, do you need milk for strong bones? Probably not. At least for adults, there's no clear link between drinking milk and strong bones. You do need calcium for strong bones, though, but you can get that from other foods. Three, if you don't eat any meat, is it bad for you? Well, you'll be short on some things, like vitamin B12, but you can use supplements to make sure you're getting enough of them. So, knowing all this, do you need meat and milk to be healthy? Well, if you're careful and you take supplements, the science says you can do this. The vegans are right. And they're doing something good for the environment and perhaps their own health. Now, if you don't want to cut out all meat and dairy from your diet, and we get it, burgers are amazing, many scientists we spoke to said that it doesn't have to be that black and white. Triple stuffed crust cheese pizza or no pizza at all. Just cutting down the amount of animal products you eat would help the environment and probably your body too. It would definitely help these chickens. That's science versus vegans. This episode was produced by Rose Rimler. Hey, Rose. Hey, Wendy. How many citations in this week's episode? 140. 140. Yeah, and if you want to see them, go to our show notes and click on our transcript, and then you can see the script with all the citations. You can also get that link by signing up for our newsletter. That's right. We have a newsletter. Yeah. What's in it this week? This week, uh, a lot of stuff. My favorite part is photos of the first robot to successfully land on a moving asteroid. Are they clear and focused? They're quite blurry. Right. <laughs> How do you sign up to the newsletter? You go to gimletmedia.com forward slash newsletter. Thanks, Rose. You're welcome. The episode was also produced by me, Wendy Zuckerman, along with Meryl Horn and Odelia Rubin. Our senior producer is Caitlin Sorey. We're edited by Blythe Terrell and Caitlin Kenny. Fact-checking by Michelle Harris and Meryl Horn. Mix and sound design by Emma Munger. Music written by Emma Munger and Bobby Lord. Recording assistance from Robbie McInnes, Paul Reese, Spencer Silva and Hadi Mawajdi. For this episode, we also spoke to Connie Weaver, Nathan H. Lentz, Mark Boland, Ambrish Mithel, Marco Springman, Mary Beth Hall, Tara Garnett, Tom Sanders, Frederick Leroy, and many others. Thank you so much for your help. Plus, a big thanks to the Zuckerman family and Joseph Lavelle Wilson. Next week, we're playing a brand new science versus game called Is It a Load of Croc? Is it a load of crack? Crack? Crack. All right. I'm Wendy Zuckerman. Back to you next time.